Gather around the game table with Kristen. And Spin. To find out what? Plays well with two. Plays well with two was recorded in front of a live studio audience of her dogs. Hello, this is Kristen. And this is Spin. And today we are going to review Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Wasteland Express Delivery Service came out in 2017. It was designed by Jonathan Gilmore, Ben Pinchback, and Matt Riddle, with art from Noah Adelman, Ricardo Bercelli, Josh Capel, Scott Hartman, and Jason D. Kingsley, published by Pandasaurus Games. And the first thing that comes to my mind... Speaking of the artists, is this game has a very distinctive visual style. It's true. The art really just jumps at you from the cover. It's got some bright colors. It's got some Mad Max-looking people on it. Very and Mad Max. Like That is the aesthetic that you are getting with this game. But... Grosser? Yeah, I mean... Somehow, especially if you're taking into account the newest Mad Max, definitely, but like more in your face ness. Yeah, like that. There's actually uh, the f bomb shows on one of the enemy characters' shirts, which I was a little surprised by. And just like really gross. Like you definitely not playing this with kids. No, no, this. This joins uh, funny friends in our we probably would never play this with anyone under 16, maybe 18. I was raised in Utah. Give me a break. I'm like, don't take that into account. That's ridiculous. You don't have to be an actual adult to play this game. But um, that really threw me for a loop. That's really that's really old. Um, some of it was a little off-putting to me. I did, I do really like the aesthetic, and I love the minis of the different vehicles. They're super cool. But some of the cards, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on the minis. Uh, minis are fantastic. The resources are little sculpted like water barrels or ammo boxes oh, or food boxes the, completely ridiculous the components in this are oh completely over the top um you know how all the all the games seem to be now i feel like they were kind of more in the beginning everything's in is it official game trays they are official game trays everything's in game trays it is a big, thick old box. Think like Mansions of Madness, second edition size box. And it's just full of game trays and components. And But speaking of that, it is a beast to set up and put away. Yep, when you've got a lot of components and a lot of cardboard. And this game is real heavy in terms of uh, weight, just like Kristen said. You got a lot of setup. You've got to set up the board, which is modular. You've got to set up the cities, which are modular kind of as well, and go in random places. You've got to put a million little cardboard tokens on the Demand tokens, supply tokens. Yeah, supply tokens, demand tokens. Set the market levels. I mean, thank goodness that there are game trays, because yeah. that would be even worse if you had to make little piles of the resources and this and that. 
Well, think if you had to set up that store every time, yeah. too. Like, you just take off the lid. It's really awesome. Definitely. Like, I think it's one of the times where the game tray just isn't aesthetic. It's like... It's in, necessary. Yeah, definitely. Thankfully, there's a sheet that shows you exactly where things go and how you put it back. And every time I put everything back in the box, I have to look at that sheet. Yeah. I do really like the modular board, despite the fact that it takes a lot of time to set up. Well, I think when it's like a grand scale kind of pick up and deliver, you want a modular board. Otherwise, you 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 just do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, random thought, but it's kind of like Thurn and Taxis. Like, I kind of had my strategy down in that game. And because there is no modular board, it's just the same thing over and over again. Just like some of the ticket to rides, depending on the map. I mean, it definitely depends what tickets you get. Right. But if there are certain cities, I know exactly how I want to get there. Yeah, you you really have cities that you like to concentrate on, particularly on the U.S. map. And so do I, and never the twain shall meet. Except, like, in Pittsburgh sometimes. So, I think having a modular board is necessary. Like, it's great. Yeah, it does add to setup, but I think the alternative of just having a set board would take away from the game. So, in terms of gameplay, it is... Are you going to explain how it works? Yeah, I am. I'm going to do it this time. Okay. The rule giver. Uh, In terms of gameplay, what you are doing, like Kristen said, it's a pick-up-and-deliver game. You have three common contracts that are basically their objective cards. You need to go to this place and deliver these particular artifacts, or you need to dig in the desert to get this particular thing. Whatever these are, you've got three common ones and the potential to get private ones. First person to fulfill three contracts wins the game, which seems simple, and it is not. Uh, this is a very long game. The, I mean, with any pickup, like with any pickup and deliver game, you're hauling goods. Uh, you have a fairly unique kind of system in terms of setting how much money you're going to get for these goods. There's a starting value, and then the uh, demand tokens that Kristen mentioned. Will, like for each demand token that you have on the board for whatever resource, the value of this of that particular commodity goes up. So you're delivering that. I mean, it is actually like a really good system. Like, if a whole bunch of cities want it, you're going to get more money for it. Yeah. I did think that they did a pretty good job of making that easy. Yeah, it, it was clever and it made sense. Um, there are three factions and then four raider factions. The three factions have capital cities and they have jobs that they'll want you to do. And these jobs are can be all manner of different things, but they'll reward you with money or allies or new parts for your truck. Or in some cases, it's a contract that you get to fulfill, and you don't have to worry about one of those private contracts. Or that public a- contracts, rather. The raiders exist in the form of enclaves that you can attack and hopefully defeat, and trucks that move around based on where you go. Like supply trucks. Yeah, supply trucks. 
uh, you can raid these trucks to get two supplies, whatever two supplies they're carrying in their back. And those cool little sculpted supplies fit neatly into the backs of these trucks. Or they can ambush you. Or they can ambush you. Or, more appropriately, Kristen can land on the right space and drive that truck into my space, and then I've got to defend against it. Combat's very simple. You've got dice that have bullet hole icons on them. That's the number of hits you get. The opponent has a target number. If you meet or beat that target number, you win. If you don't beat that target number, you take one damage. Which, your truck can... Your trucks are pretty sturdy. They can take a lot of punishment. And If you're willing to get rid of stuff. If you're willing to get rid of or stuff. Or damage all your stuff at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you can get armor. Now, it sounds like there are a lot of things you can do. And there are. But you have five turn... Five actions each turn to do it. Um... You have five actions each round to do it in. Uh, these actions generally start with a movement. Not always. Uh, but they've got a really cool thing built in where your first move is three spaces. If you move again, you get to move four spaces because it represents your truck building up momentum. And then if you move again, you get to move five spaces. So that's kind of cool. But from a movement... You can immediately shift that action, like if you go into a town, or if you are attacking a raider enclave, or raider truck, you can shift that move action into the attack, or things to do in a city. Uh, so that's kind of cool. So you, Yeah, you, the, the player board is nice, because it has arrows, like where you need to go when you're moving around these little action gears. Yeah, really nice player board. Um, and, and that's really the game, is you're picking up, you're delivering, you're attacking raiders, and... I mean, you can also go to markets to fit out your truck. Like, you need extra storage, or you need a digger for that one specific thing, or you need you want to get missiles, or... I mean, it's basically, you go around, you get supplies to resell, and you pimp out your truck... And you go and you try to smash people and then people ambush you. And that's it. Yeah, it's a big game, a long game. How long did we... I don't know. A couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, each time we've played it. and Which uh, the first time we played, we did the... Did you call it open world? Yeah, open world. And then the second time we played it, we played a campaign scenario. Which I really expected more from the campaign scenario, but Spin looked at the first one and it was basically the same thing that we did in the open world. The same objectives. So we skipped it and we did which one? The second one. The second one. Yeah, the the campaign scenarios, there are only eight of them. Um, and there's nothing that is altogether different from... The base game, you still have to fulfill three contracts, but it's a completely random set-up world. It's just, it specifies which three you're doing. See, I think I was very disappointed in the campaign. I really expected more, and more like, if you do really good in this one, then you get a special truck upgrade, or I don't know. Maybe, maybe Legacy's broken me. 
I think Legacy's broken you, but, I mean, to be fair, the Memoir 44 campaign works exactly in that sort oh, of way. Like, that's true. If you win, if the Allies win this, then you go to this with this many troops. If they lose, you, they get that many troops. But I felt like if we played open world randomly, and then it was basically the exact same thing for campaign, I'm not sure what it's really bringing to the table, the specific campaign. Yeah, I mean, I looked at some of the later ones, and they've got, like, preset maps, or different limitations on things, but they're not that different. Yeah. Uh, The base gameplay really is there. And, I mean, it's a solid pick-up-and-deliver game, with some big quirks. Um, How so quirks? Just... Well, one one thing that I neglected to mention is that you have an events deck that serves as the first player marker, and they uh, these events will change pro- commodity prices or lock up certain cities. There are not a lot of these event cards. We didn't get through the whole deck when we played last time. Between the two different games, we got through. Oh the whole yes, deck, though, and then some. Speaking of low low card count. There are not enough Raider Truck cards in the game. When you attack a Raider Truck, there you, like I said, you flip over a card and it's got a target number. There are just so few of them that you will go through the deck. Absolutely. No, multiple times. Multiple times in a playthrough of the game. Because every time a truck ambushes someone, you flip a card. Every time someone attacks a truck, you flip a card. So... That happens a lot in this game. And we're only two players. Like, can you imagine a four-player game? How often you're going through that deck? You'd be seeing those cards so often. And I normally, we just put cards on the bottom of the deck with that. The second time we played, I realized that I was starting to remember where certain because cards were. Because they range in number. You could be fighting a baddie that's three... Bean Man. Or, like, seven. Much harder to get seven, so you're going to wait until the card comes up. You know, that kind of thing. And I don't remember stuff like that, so I didn't even realize it. But it was so low. Why not have more of those cards? And there are a ton of Enclave, Raider Enclave cards. Uh, I mean, granted, you've not got a, some not repeats a ton. in there. No. Compared to the Raider truck, though? I think they're about the same. We just didn't hit the Enclaves as often. That deck looked a little thicker to me. Mm. But even so, yeah, you're not... The Enclaves, you're only flipping that card when someone specifically decides to Goes to, to pillage raid. an Enclave, yeah. There's so much activity with the Raider trucks that... Yes. Yeah, I'm te- like, you would be going through it probably ten times in a four, but like... I don't know. So I don't know if they had ambitious plans with this game to expand it, and that's why it came with such a limited number. I mean, I feel like just the game itself is ambitious. I mean, look at it. Yeah, that's very true. But that was just such a big sticking point, the Raider trucks. The other thing is the game, because those contracts go on so long, gets feeling samey. And I realize any pick-up-and-deliver game... You're picking up and you're delivering. It does, by its very nature, get kind of samey. But this, 
got to the point where it seemed like it was starting to overstay its welcome. I do feel that the games are a little long. But I mean, I do love Pick Up and Deliver, so I didn't... It is going to be the same. I mean, you're doing what you're doing. But I'm not doing the same things when I go for the different contracts. So I don't know that it felt samey. It's... You're going to have that when you're moving people around a map. Oh, I moved this person on the map. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, may maybe I just stayed too close to a specific strategy, and that's why it seemed samey to me. Yeah, because you were doing the same things. I, um... I hadn't pillaged enclaves as much in the first game, so I tried to do that in this game. And so I tried to do some different things. I mean, you you decided to try to make money this time. I did. And Which I also find that that's a problem. I was swimming in money at the, in the second game, and I didn't even, like, I had no way to make that into points or... I guess not into points because it's not a point salad, but like there should be someone in the game that I can bribe to get me somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt yeah. like I should be able to grease the hands of some of these people. I thought that would be thematic or I, something. I could you know see what I mean? That. I mean, I, I think that the designers in terms of money sinks thought that because in the main game, there's one of those three public missions that you always do called Blue Screen of Death, and you have to buy artifact cards, which are basically oh, computer chips. you're right. We didn't do Blue Screen and of Death. And those are expensive. They They're start at expensive. seven. They, the money uh, in this game is scrap. Seven scrap. Yeah. And every time you buy one, the price goes up. So with four people, I could see that getting expensive, even with two. But we had that one where you had to pay 25 or 30 and it went up from there, so... yeah. Which we both did, and we still had a ton of money. At the You're end looking of the game. at three to four artifacts for that price. Yeah, that's true. It feels okay. So I did. I real. I enjoyed the times we played it. I thought it was fun. The art, like I really like the art, but it does get a little gross for me. I feel like it's a game. That you pull out sometimes. Maybe play a couple times a year. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, you play it and then a couple months later, then you're like, oh, maybe we'll get that to the It's not a game that you're going to bring to the table all the time. I can see that. And I have talked a lot of negative. I did have fun playing the game. I absolutely did enjoy myself still. This is a prime candidate for one of your friends owns the game and you get to play it sometimes. Yes. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. We don't need to own it because it's going to take up a lot of space. But if you could just play it with your friend every so often, I don't know. Yeah. And I've noticed we've had a weird little mini run of games with post-apocalyptic themes. Between this and... Caro and Fallout. Oh, that's true. Uh, we have three, and this falls squarely in the middle of those two for me. Oh, yeah. This is by far better than Fallout for me. Fallout was really samey basically immediately upon playing. 
And this, even in the second one, I was still finding more stuff to do. But I feel like unless... Were there a ton of objective cards? Like, there, common ones? There are maybe ten common okay. objectives. Not so, a lot. So even if you switched them out completely, you'd only get three games where you didn't see the same thing. Yeah, and if you're playing Blue Screen of Death every game, if you're doing open world, right. then you're going to see a lot of that. One thing, you do have a lot of faction-specific missions that you can do, or faction-specific cards, but they're not all missions. They don't all bring you closer to victory. No, because the first game we played, I was trying to get cards, and I never got a secret mission. Yeah, it's just deliver this to this particular place, and you get extra money or... Or an ally or... Yeah, which are really cool. I do really like how the truck worked. It was like a grid pad. So you had your truck that moved around. And then you had a truck grid pattern, and you got to fill it up with your goods and all your extra stuff. And you could buy a trailer. and So that was nice. I like that. Yeah, that, that was nice. Mechanic I mean, a lot. I don't hate the game. I think it was good. I would absolutely play it if someone said, hey, do you want to play Wasteland Express Delivery Service? Agreed. Does it stay on our shelf? Because that's a big game. If size wasn't a factor... Would it stay, first of all? And factoring in size, does it stay? Oh, if it was a smaller game, like how small? Like two-player size? Regular Euro size. So not that much smaller. Mm. A decent amount. Well, like width-wise, you know. Yeah. It's probably almost double a normal Euro, I think. Yeah, Eh, maybe one and a half. It's not Edge of Darkness. It's no. definitely not going to be Foundations of Rome. Yeah, that's a that's a game coming. We kicked it, and it, I think they're designing it so it takes up a complete cube. A compute, yeah, complete of Calyx cube. cube. So that's that's gonna be beast. But I'm unsure. I'm on the fence. I am super on the fence with this one too. Um. Because I definitely see merit to keeping it. Yeah. But I also, like you said, if it's the kind of game that you only break out once in a while, especially with the size of our collection, how often does it hit the table? Does it hit the table quarterly, uh, biannually, yearly? But with the size of our collection, isn't that a good game to have in it? Because... We only do see our games, like, depending on it, a couple times a year. Right. Uh, I, ju- I just don't know, because we don't have that many pick-up-and-deliver games in our collection at the moment. I'd have to think about that. I'm not sure. Okay, gut check. I don't think we <laughs> okay. have a lot of pick-up-and-deliver games. Okay. So it does fill a space, and I do. I like the theme. I like the different characters. I like that they have different starting bonuses. I like that there are variants in the rule book where you can attack other players, although we would never do that, or well, the raiders it, the, have different We bonuses. wouldn't do that, not because we're Care Bears, but because it makes the game longer. Yeah. So pass on that. Um, or you can eliminate the randomness in different ways, like 
you never play with the event cards. It's always just base game. Or you... The event cards are fine. I think they screwed me once really bad. But other than that, like, I planned to deliver, like, four water that was, like, worth, I don't know, nine each. And the event came up that was, like, everything is only worth two now. It's like, oh, my gosh. So it's, like... Hogging up my whole truck space. You were ready to flip the table. Oh, you I was were mad. Pissed. I was mad. I really don't know. I mean, listeners, what do you guys do if you are really on the fence? Like, do you have to love it to keep it? Would it immediately go? We have played it multiple times now, so it's not like it's just this is our first impressions. Yeah. I, I mean, we haven't played it 20 times, but a game that long, it would take us a long time to play 20 times. Yeah, I I just have the hardest time trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it living in our collection long term. I don't think it's a forever Mm. game. Interesting. Um, Because I think, I mean, again, lots of cool stuff, but I can see it being displaced by something that does it leaner, meaner, and cleaner. Yeah. Because that game's dirty. Nice. So, uh, situation unclear, says the eight ball. Yeah, I don't know. I knew we were getting into something, though, when it took me, was it an hour and a half to punch everything and put (laughs) it into the game trays? I was like, oh, no. (laughs) But once you have it set up, the rules are straightforward. Yeah, I mean, I could see this. I wouldn't definitely say it'd be the first game I'd show any first pickup and deliver even that I'd show. Oh no, to someone, but it's not a super advanced brain burnery. No, 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 definitely not. Sort of a game. Uh, I mean, e- even my rating out of ten is like I could see it being. Oh, what is your five. rating out of ten? I could see it being a five. I could <gasps> see it being a seven. Five. Like, it's fluctuating somewhere between this is a completely average game for me or this is a game that's pretty good and I like it, but I'm really not sure. Oh, that's a huge swing. I don't think I would normally keep fives in my collection. Five for me is not... Well, and that's why I'm on the fence. Yeah. But is it a solid five? Because I have all... Especially right after I played it, it was a higher rating. Was it, though? Like, the first time or the second time or both? The second time. The first time I was tired. Yeah, you didn't love everything about it the first time. But the second time... Which brings up a top, like... It's really easy to dismiss games when you're not in the mood for them. So, sometimes when you have a bad experience, you need to check yourself and think, like... Did I bring some of that to the table, or is it all coming from the game? And I, I know this about myself now, and I've, I hope you've noticed anyway that I've been saying like, I didn't love it, but I'm also tired, so factor that in. I mean, th- this is kind of a callback to the previous incarnation of the podcast, but since we have a rambunctious little ball of energy and chaos. We only get to play games at night, and after, you know, a full day of work, and then... Toddlering. Toddlering, and then trying to retire a toddler. 
go. It takes a lot out of you, and sometimes I think that does affect my judgment, because I was... Well, sometimes we also are dumb and are like, yeah, we're going to play this three-hour game right now. It's going to be great. And then it's three. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, crap. And then we've got to record because it's a Tuesday night and we don't have content sometimes. So, unsure. I really don't know. But I don't know. Part of me is like, if I really don't know, do you keep it? So, yeah. if you're looking for a solid recommendation, sorry that you're half an hour in almost, and we're like, <laughs> eh? We got nothing for you, because... I do say, here's my recommendation, though. It's absolutely worth a play. Because I can see this being a love-it-or-hate-it game for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It would... I feel like this game would be very divisive, which is very funny, because it is not for us. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's why we're weird. yeah. But man, do you have to really like a dirty post-apocalyptic thing. Which I do. Like, Fallout is much cleaner in presentation. Not in, like, killing dogs and that kind of thing, but, like, artistically. Yeah. Like, you've got the whole 50s sort of... uh, it's not steampunk, it's not diesel punk, but it's that kind of very 50s-influenced vibe that yeah. Fallout has going on, which lends it a tremendous sense of style. Exactly. And this is straight up Mad Max. I mean, there are yeah. very obvious homages in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not homage. Hmm. Homage. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we don't need to keep sitting here going, oh. I'm in Hine, and we don't know, but we don't. It is worth playing, and it. I will add a little side note. We actually were at the Gen Con when this was released, and this game was both literally and figuratively huge. Like it sold out pretty quickly, if memory serves me correctly. I saw a lot of people hauling around this giant neon sided box. <laughs> That year, and they had a really cool display. Yeah. Um, I mean, we considered it then, but... Well, we heard it wasn't good for two. Yeah, we heard it wasn't well, good for two. And it was really expensive. Yeah. Now, that price is nothing. It's true. Uh, and it's not bad for two. I... No, I thought it was good. Yeah, I think it definitely plays well with two. Uh, I can see having an, having additional competition in there being kind of an interesting thing, but not a well, necessary thing. I think the issue comes with our market doesn't change that often and that kind of thing. But I felt like it was fine because when you land on specific spots, it has little um, icons for the different factions and it moves the truck. And so you can move the truck to ambush people. Yeah. I think it doesn't need a crap ton of people because it is not a dudes on a map attacky game. It is a pick up and deliver game. Yeah. So there you go. Because uh, that's the other thing. If you are looking at this and you think it's going to be, I guess you can add in combat, but it'd be probably like six hours long. But <laughs> it is a pick up and deliver game with this theme. It is not. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's 
you have guns and stuff, but you're not using them on anything. It's an additional die to roll against an abstract card. The bat, the fighting in this game is very abstracted. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, not unwelcome though. Like I, I kind of liked it being a little more abstract because it kept the focus on the picking up and the delivering That's of the true. missions. You would know, be super cool though if they added in some story. So like you flipped over, add more cards for the things, but you flipped over and it's like. Do you want to bribe the truck driver to give you the goods? Do you oh, want like, to... like branching paths. That that was one thing I liked about Fallout, is you had some options. I think I did really like that in Fallout. Like, what do you do? You would have to beat this, that kind of thing. I think if you add in that part of Fallout to Wasteland Express... It would be a no-brainer keeper for Oh, us. yeah. It would... I think it would... Not fix issues, because it's not that I have glaring issues, except the card thing. It's just like, okay. Yeah. But man, if they added some story in, because they created this really cool world. Yeah, and and there's story in the instruction book, but you have to be the kind of person who reads the story in the instruction book to get much from it. Yeah, but it's not in the game. Yeah, it doesn't shine through in the game. I think that's exactly what I want is the little bit of story, the story choice. I want choice from the Fallout in here, and it would be awesome. And again, maybe we're spoiled with legacy games giving us that and more storytelling games since that's kind of the trend. Um, Because you do have to, what, what year did this come out? 2017. 2017, okay. So it's not that old. It's not that old, but... Still, I think adding some more story, adding some more flavor to this cool world. Definitely. Would be a welcome development. Because it is. It's so nicely stylized and the world is so cool. Just get me in there a little more, I think, and and I would definitely keep it. Well, now I think we should get rid of it. (laughs) I'm leaning a little bit that way, too. As we're talking it out, which is, again, what do we call it? Game therapy? Game therapy. It's That's what it's missing for me, is the hook into the theme. The I need a little more story, and I think it, it would be a great game. Which is really weird hearing you say that. I know. Who thought I would ever say that? Mrs skip cut scenes and I don't care about the story at all and that sort of thing. But it because it doesn't feel like a pasted on theme. I no. think when I don't care about story and stuff, it is a super pasted on theme that it doesn't matter anyway. I'm just moving cubes and it could be anything. Yeah, and this I mean the world seems really realized and it seems like you are fighting for resources in a harsh world. Definitely. Yeah, it, it's. I think after talking about it, it is, it is something that we will get rid of. Yeah. But not as readily. Not we're not as happy about it as, like certain games. Brighton they make us happy because they are leaving our collection. <laughs> yeah. This is not yeah. one of those games. 
No, it's just a little sad because I did enjoy it. And I think it is a cool experience. As you said, like, if you are interested in the theme, definitely try, like, hopefully once cons come back, plan it at a con, out of a library, that kind of thing. Perfect, perfect game for that. Yeah. Because I'm glad I had the experience. I just don't think it needs to stay with us. Because it's just lacking that that little thing, that little thing to grab me. Oh, so close though. So close. I think I would give it a six. Yeah, I mean that I think since I'm fluctuating between a five and a seven, that seems like a good compromise. What's for in me the middle? Too. A toddler would go nine because he's a troll. So there you go. If you actually made it to the end, we actually did decide and it will be leaving our collection. But I did have fun. It's just not something I need to play all the time. Thanks for joining us at the game table. Catch new episodes every Wednesday ish. Have feedback or just want to say hi? Find us on Instagram at place level two and on board game geek at spinch and at kitty pause nine. And on Twitter, at PlaysWellWith2, the number, not the word. Thanks for listening.